Welcome to the Powered by Age, Age-Friendly City Zoomcast, reality-style podcast. We are movers and shakers, shaking up the old notion of silent, helpless, invisible seniors. This is a new series of podcasts funded by the City of Vancouver and the 411 Senior Center Society. As PBA AFC ambassadors, we raise awareness, share our original stories and poems, inform, advocate, and involve seniors in discussing important social issues. In short, these podcasts will help us, you, in creating an age-friendly city for Vancouver today, tomorrow the world. You can hear us everywhere podcasts are heard. Hello, hello. Welcome to Powered by Age. This is Powered by Age, the age-friendly city podcast sponsored by the 411 Center. And today, our topic is Money Talks. And we're going to ask you some of your thoughts about money. We have a special guest who is an awesome accountant, Maggie Taylor, who is the accountant at the 411 Center. She's a volunteer for over five years, has worked with the team of people who do uh, the income tax. And we will just uh, be starting the way we usually do is introducing ourselves. I'll start. I'm Charlotte Farrell. I'm a coordinator and I'm a poet and I know it. And each person will briefly introduce themselves. And one thing I want you to say when you introduce yourself, how does what your attitude, one thing that's different in your attitude about money when you were a teen and your attitude about money now? So we'll start with Neil. That's my book. On Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and it's beautiful. And my name is Neil Ryan, and I wrote every word that's in this book, including the short stories. And people and, on the podcast hearing it can't see it, so it's called From the Other Side. Oh, you can't see? Well, I can see. There. No, we on the Zoom can see, but people hear us by podcast. They hear us on the the book is called From the Other Side, and that's what I consider is where the poetry came from, because I used to pretend I was a businessman and did so for 50 years. But when I quit doing that, when I quit pretending I was a businessman, I wrote short stories and poetry and i understand i'm going to be invited to share one of them today and uh, and i'm ever so grateful and uh what else next tuesday i have a birthday another one they just keep coming around you know <laughs> thank goodness for that <laughs> thank goodness for that you're right you know ask you what's one one difference in the attitude that you had about money when you were a teen and your attitude about money now? Oh, golly. Uh, my attitude about money is is that uh, they're like, money's like buses. They come and go. <laughs> and, some, and sometimes you share the ride. <laughs> well, that's great. That's classic. Uh, Leslie? Uh, yes, I'm Leslie Hebert. I live in New Westminster, and I am a teacher of English as a second language via Zoom and Skype, and I'm also a writer, and I just had a, a piece published in Canadian Stories um, about some family history that I put together. 
and my thoughts about money. Um, when I was a teen in the UK, we had pennies that were like an inch and a half across. <laughs> and every penny was precious because I had very little money. Um, now, um, as a, a retired person in Canada, we don't even have pennies anymore. <laughs> we don't even consider them. And I'm uh, now I have enough. I'm blessed that I have enough money that I don't have to worry anymore. So, yeah. Very well. <laughs> Chris? Um, when I was a teenager, I didn't have any money either. I wanted money, but didn't have any. Um, because we were, um, we were just talking about that earlier, but because we were an immigrant family, um, the money was all, all decided on, and there was no such thing in those days as allowances or anything. Now I'm retired. I, I have enough, um, but I don't have, I don't have, don't have so much that I need to not. I do. I am a bit concerned sometimes to make sure that ends meet, um, that I can pay the bills and all that kind of stuff. But I'm not not overly worried. I because I feel like you know, compared to many people, um, I have enough money. I don't really need to grab a whole lot more. Oh, and Chris, tell us your last name and your big event that you have coming up tomorrow. <laughs> So, uh, oh, I'm my, my, I'm with uh, East. I live in East Van, and I'm part of Quirky, the queer imaging and um, queer imaging and writing collective for elders. And uh, tomorrow, the gender gender and women's studies at SFU are celebrating 50 years. And Quirky has been has done a partnership with them for various things, uh, including having published uh, a book with them, and so we're having us. They're having a celebration of their 50 years, and Quirky is going to be a part of it. And so some of us are. It's also serving as a launch for our last anthology because we because of COVID we had no launch. So this is going to be a launch of our last, uh, our latest anthology, which is called uh, Together We Stand, Queer Elders Speak Out. Um, I don't have a copy here with me, so I can't, I can't, I can't show you a copy, even if you could see it. Um, <laughs> so that's what we're doing tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. And how would so, people find it? Well, there's an Eventbrite um, address for people to, to register. Uh, I don't have that off the top of my head either, but I can perhaps find it and put it in the chat. Okay, that'll be great. Um, Nancy, at you, for having the intro and the question was, uh, what's something, an attitude you had about money when you were a teen that's different from your attitude about money now? Oh, well, I'm Nancy Sinclair. I live on Vancouver Island, beautiful British Columbia. I recall when I was a teenager working for my dad, uh, the first T4 slip I received, my income tax, and he made the comment, have a look at how much money you've earned. And then he said, what have you done with it? And he said, look in your closet. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> It all went to clothing. 
And uh, so I always thought that was uh, stuck out in my mind. And my attitude now, I wasn't aware at the time that money is connected to spiritual practice and spiritual beliefs. And money is ever abundant and all needs are met, whether it comes in the terms of form of dollar signs or not. So it's vastly different. And I have less clothes in my closet now. (laughs) (laughs) My teen years, I was an oldest child and I had um, an aunt well, yeah, both my aunt and my mother, they worked in the Treasury Department for uh, the, the government. And we were very oriented around budgeting and saving. And so by the time I went to college, I could budget anything. So my mindset, talking about that shift from frugality, you know, and being practical. And this year I decided this is going to be my year of impractical. I'm not going to worry about if I have some shoes that are print that they don't match everything <laughs> and other impractical things because, you know, I've been seven decades and I've always been practical. And so, uh, and then also on that, uh, and I belong to a similar uh a senior spiritual group, the abundance of the universe is my reflection now. So with that, I'm going to introduce Maggie Taylor. Maggie, as I said, is an accountant. She has 30 years in accounting. She says she's retired, but she is faithfully serving as the accountant for the 411 Center, and she is part of the team of people that are doing the income tax. So she's going to tell us about... um, what you need to have on hand for for, uh, your taxes, but also tips and questions that you might have because some of you work and some have got other questions about money. So without further ado, I will turn you over to Maggie Taylor. Hi, I'm Maggie Taylor and um, delightful to hear everybody's stories about how they were when they were teenagers regarding money. I think myself, I do understand the clothing thing because I, I worked part-time since I was 14 um, at different jobs, which gave me a wide scope of working experience over the years, and, and exciting, too, because I got to do a lot of different things. And with that, whatever I uh, earned, um, I could spend, I spent money because um, we didn't have anything um, extra in our, our family. Um, and it was for clothing, and I remember buying my first... Um, beautiful mohair sweater which was the color of apricot and it was just gorgeous and I loved it because they were very much in vogue and to me I wore that thing day and night (laughs) Um, because I earned it and I uh, loved it and um, so money to me has been um, over the years it's I've always had to be on a budget when I was younger um, and when I got older and had more money, I could spend it more freely on um, things like travel and more expensive clothes and spas and all sorts of things. And now that I'm older, I'm back to being a teenager. When I buy something, I really it's something I really want and I treasure it and I hold on to it um, because I don't have the kind of funds that I did when I was working full time. So, and that's okay. As a matter of fact, I think 
that experience as a teenager really helped me on how to handle money uh, when you're when you have limited funds. So, as far as the tax clinic goes, um, I don't know how you want me to start this. You just want me to tell you a bit about the tax clinic. Can't hear you, Charlotte. I muted myself. Uh, yeah, about the tax clinic, but also uh, in the blurb, we have it on our, 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 our webpage. Uh, prepare, bring the papers that you're going to drop off. So a little bit different. Uh, what are these kinds of papers that people need to bring? And Okay, really important um, because if it would it, out to bring it all, <laughs> keep it in, a, uh, in an envelope throughout the year. Best thing to do is anything that you think is involved in your taxes, you should keep together and say an envelope, a big envelope. And then at the end of the year, it's all there. You don't have to run around trying to gather it because I know that can be a problem in the past. Um, what will happen is the government will um, be mailing, uh, still mails um, to everybody, uh, their OAS, or their um, their uh, slip, their T4A slip, and also the CPP um, uh, T4A slip. Um, they come separately. Um, but uh, or actually they don't, sorry, they come together in the same envelope. If, so if you're getting both, you have to be careful. You don't think you've only got one. They're both in the same envelope. Um, and those are two of the most important parts for most seniors because that's a major source of income um, for most seniors uh, that are low income. And also any any pension plans you get from your work, any interest um, receipt you get, anything you get, uh, on a regular basis income. Uh, if you've got a foreign pension, you may not get something from the, the country, but it will, if it automatically shows up in your bank account, then you should bring your bank account statements so we can figure out uh, how much it is because that has to be reported. So anything that, uh, any money you get basically, um, just bring it in the envelope and uh, that can be sorted. You also need to bring any expenses like medical. If you have a lot of medical expenses, um, uh, anything that you um, that that you have, if donation receipts, if you've got um, done any donations, you've taken any courses, um, anything of that nature. So basically, anything that you've uh, spent money on, large uh, or um, or received. Uh, money received or money you spent large sums on, not your grocery list, mind you, <laughs> just the bigger items. Can't hear you. What about expenses? Uh, some people within our group do work and have um, money. Can, can you... Um, how do people deal with different types of self-employment? Well, we at 411 do not ha handle um, self-employment because we don't, we're not set up our program to uh, email those type of, I mean, e-file, those type of returns. However, um, depending on um, the person, you can set up an appointment with an INR person and they can refer you on how to do it. And basically, there is a special uh, form you can um, uh Tape, bring it down from the computer. You can print it and you can fill it in. And basically, just it, it's a list of all the things you can um, you can um, 
actually expense against your business. For instance, uh, a paper, if you're using a lot of paper for your business, printing stuff, uh, if you're using something to do with um, uh, the computer, extra computer time or a program and so on, those are things you can write off against the income that you directly got from it. But you have to get that, um, you have to fill that form out, and then you have to file it. There is programs that you can file online um, that we can sort of walk you through or whatever that are, are quite uh, simple. Or you can, uh, again, uh, paper file it um, if you're self-employed. Or you can go to H&R Block. Um, that will cost you some money, um, but you can go to H&R Block or, or one of the ones that charge accounting uh, firms charge as well. Of course, they're more, they charge more. So you're looking probably maybe at $100 or more to have file a personal self-employment income credit. I wanted to go back to what you said about reporting foreign pension income. Um, do they, do, if you file income tax in two countries, do you have to, you get charged on your um, social security from both of them? What do you mean charged? Well, when we report our CPP and the T4A, there's a tax that you get charged for what you make. So if you have a, another pension, do they charge you tax on that pension as well? Um, yeah, there's a formula on that, and um, most of the time what happens is because the uh, so the OAS is uh, united with other company, other countries, um, they will uh, assess it so that normally you're not, you wouldn't end up paying extra, but you won't end up getting extra either. Um, there's a, a sort of a, an amount that's set universally. Not, not everybody... Not every country has that, mind you, but that's usually how it works. Uh, Maggie, Maggie, you mentioned H&R Block. Um, I go to a company in Vancouver, Ample Tax, and you pay whatever you want to pay. It's, you can pay zero, or you. I give them ten bucks a year to to look after. In fact, mine was more complicated last year, so I gave them twenty bucks. I felt I felt more generous. But normally, I give them ten dollars, and they look after it for me. Well, that's great. Totally. That's great. You know, maybe you want to share that name with everybody, Neil. It, yeah, it's well. It did, they just changed name to Simple Wealth ta uh, Tax, but uh, I'm sure you could just find them under Simple Tax. Uh, and they're a, a group of accountants that started up in downtown Vancouver, and uh, they're beautiful people to work with. They really are. Uh, I had a problem two or three years ago, and. Uh, and uh, that's they looked after it for me. They they got it all corrected. So uh, anyway, it's just called Simple Tax. And as I said, they changed their name very recently to Simple Wealth Tax. Well, that's great knowledge. Actually, that's something we can share with um, people who 
call um, 411 to get their taxes done. Because as I say, our, the, the thing is, too, we have a, um, a, all our preparers of their tax returns, they're volunteers. And we have everybody from students from that are taking finance or whatever uh, at college. Um, we have bankers um, that donate their time. Um, we have accountants. We have all sorts of people that donate their time um, to do the tax preparations the thing is they're not all um one of the other reasons why we don't do complicated ones like death but you know um, if it was uh, someone who died of tax return or self-employed or so on is because they're more complicated or can be and um we don't you know the volunteers are not trained on that and nor is our program that we're provided with from the government to file Thank you. What a, you mentioned um, having envelopes for receipts. If people are, they, before when you were saying that there's some things people might know if a spouse passed during the course of a year, um, what difference does that make in their their the way they file their taxes? Because if, if, for instance, um, you're filing your 2020 taxes and your spouse died in 2020, you were still considered um, uh, joint taxes. So you have to file as joint, even, even like if you're married. So, for instance, if your husband died in November of 2020 and you come to the center to have your taxes filed for yourself um, in, in March, the beginning of March this year, uh, you would have to bring your paper, your your husband's paperwork too, and you'd have to be able to sign on his behalf because because you have to follow the joint people. So one of the one of the important things I think to keep in mind always is you should always have your paperwork for both of you all the time at the same place or in two separate envelopes, but in the same location, so that the other person can find it if you're a, a partner. And also, um, you should make sure you file regularly, um, because if you don't, uh, even if you're low income and you think, oh, well, I don't really have to file, I don't pay taxes. The reason why the government really wants you to file, no matter what your income is, is so they can keep track of you, that they know that you're still alive, for one thing. Um, so your pensions are going to the right person. Um, they're not, you know, um, being stolen or whatever, and that's the way they can keep track of it. Um, the thing is, if if you don't file for a number of years, um, what will happen is, and then your spouse, um, it, and you die, then your spouse is in a real mess because it affects them getting benefits as well. Um, all of a sudden, um, there isn't there's the other side and they don't have any information on it. So that can cause a real problem. So it's best to keep both of you up to date constantly, even if it's very low or no income. Um, if you keep up their filing, then you don't have to worry. You're, you're taken care of. Um, and that's, that's important. Well, the other thing is now too, the government's really stopped down on if you don't file your your taxes on time or within a few months after um, July of, of say twenty if you haven't filed your twenty twenty taxes by say July of twenty twenty one, you will stop getting your benefits. They'll stop being uh, mailed to you, they'll stop being put into your bank account. Uh, which can be very scary because to get them started up again, you have to file your taxes, and that can take a bit 
filing your taxes and then waiting for them to get you back on the program. So you can really, um, it's not a good thing. You need to file on time. Uh, Maggie, that address is uh, reply, R-E-P-L-Y, reply at simpletax.ca. And I deal with a guy named Clint there. And uh, as I say, I recommend them highly. And you pay whatever you feel it's. And as I said, they said you can file for zero dollars. They'll look after it for you if it's a really, really simple. But I like to give them something. Well, that's great. Thank you. Yeah, at the four one one center, they have a donation. Well, they when when you saw the person directly, they had a little donations box. When people drop off their taxes, are they able to uh, make a donation to the four one one center? Yes, you. There is a. There will be a donation box there that you can. Um, also, this year, because of COVID and because of the way it's being handled, they're really stressing that people. If you've got, some, if you're not sure on things, um, the best thing is to phone and make an appointment. And um, there, there will be people there. I even myself for one, starting on Monday, March first, and they will be able to answer some questions and and check stuff off of you need to talk to someone in person otherwise they the uh, tax um, returns are just all the paperwork taken in and then assigned to someone to do it and then they're done uh and then they'll call you for pickup so um basically you you really if you've got some concerns the best thing to do is phone and make an appointment for people who are listening and may not know where the 411 Center is. Can you give the address that they would be uh, bringing their papers to? Yes, it's 333 Terminal Avenue, and that's just east of Main Street on Terminal. Um, one block, actually, um, oh, two blocks, rather. Well, one and a half blocks <laughs> east of um, Main Street, and we're on the seventh floor. And do you have that phone number that they would call to make an appointment? Yes, it's 604-684-8171. Okay, say it once more. Mary just went for her pin. <laughs> uh, okay, 604-684-8171. Now, notice on one of the tax papers, it has something. Are there tax credits if you have more than a usual amount of medical expense? Like yes. If someone had to buy a walker, I bought a walker, if somebody had to buy different things, how is that accounted for? Well, no, the, the, what the thing is about a tax credit, a tax credit need, is not um, that you get extra money or um, uh, what it means, it, it, it uh, reduces the taxes that are owed. So this is a key thing. So if you're living on pensions and you don't really have any taxes owing, um, you're, it, it may not have any effect. However, if, you're, if you've got some self-employed income or you've got something from a pension or whatever that may put you into a bracket that you um, have to pay taxes, then it will be, um, it, it affects that. So it lowers what you have to pay in taxes. 
that's what a tax credit is. It just low. It's it's a, a, a why it says tax credit is it's it's lowering your it's giving credit to your tax, so it's lowering your taxes owed. And then some of our people, including me, use the handy dart to go, and handy dart charges a fee. Is that an area, a category of expense? No. Um, it, it do you have a do you have a public uh, pass that you can get through the um, through the uh, um, transportation in in Vancouver? Well, actually, you still have to pay because I thought that if you had the you know if you had the orange card, you still have to pay for uh, you have to buy a book of, of of tickets from the handy drive people, and it turns right. out to be three dollars each way. And then if you want uh, the taxi, you buy a book. You could buy fifty dollars worth of of uh, taxi coupons for twenty five dollars, but you still have to pay. You don't just get it free. You have yeah. to be approved, yeah. but you don't get it free. Yeah, no. The, as far as I know, um, that's not a tax, uh, um, a tax deduction or credit at all that you can take. Hmm. You mentioned uh, INR that people could get help with INR with understanding papers. Could you explain what that is? Oh yes, um, through um, it's four one one. We have a service called. In- INR, uh, information and referral. So if you've got any concerns on pretty well, almost anything, um, you can phone and make an appointment and you meet with someone and uh, you can talk through your what the issue is. So it's things like uh, what Neil was talking about. Some people phone about dental where they can get low, low income. Um, they don't have to pay a large sum for their dental uh, needs or it could be something to do with um, housing um uh it could be do something with um uh, you know having problems not getting their benefits and let's how to figure it out how to fill fill out some of the forms to get stuff get their uh, guaranteed income supplement or whatever and so forth so there's a number of things that INR can help with um and steer people in the right direction um to if if we don't know if information and referral doesn't have the information we can refer you to someone where they can help or or provide you with the information. What? How does one go about applying for the disability tax credit? Okay. Um, so again, the disability tax credit starts with you get it from your. your, your there's a form. Again, you can download it, or you can. Um, your doctor might, if you don't have a computer, your doctor might actually be able to download it for you. But it has to be filled out by your doctor. And basically, it's um, it's about a four or five page form. Um, and it asks all sorts of questions and whether the disability is permanent, uh, whether it's expected to be um, a year long or five years or whatever. Once those that paperwork is filled out, it's then filed uh, with CRA and CRA um, does an assessment and uh, they'll go through it and uh, they'll assess. They'll send you a letter then confirming that you've got um, disability um, uh, for how many uh, years or whatever. Sometimes they'll, they'll, they'll establish CRA that it's permanent or not. And um, so they'll send you a letter. It usually could take, the process could take about six months. So you don't really, at least 
prior to COVID. So I, I don't know. I, I would think with COVID, it might be a little longer. Mm. So if you think it's a necessity, it's important to get it in right away. Again, it's a tax credit, which again is if you owe taxes, it'll reduce what you owe, but it doesn't necessarily mean it gives you extra money. Now, if you have a partner, um, you can switch with the partner. Um, so, you know, if one partner's got the income uh, that's taxable, uh, they can take on that disability part. So, so I should apply for the disability tax credit now for next year. Is that, yes. Is that yes. long? Yeah. Uh, well, so. you, and yeah, and if you got it, um, say in, in six months' time, you got it and, it, and the and the CRA backdated it to 2020, you could ask for an adjust, you could uh, follow an adjustment to your taxes from 2020. Okay. okay. Um, it's called a, a T4 adjustment, but uh, that's, and oh. that's also something that 411 information referral can help you with. Okay. Thank you. And Nancy has a question in the chat. Do donations made for places outside of country qualify for income tax in Canada? Is her question. If they're a registered number, I believe they do. I'm not 100% sure on that. I'd have to check, Nancy, and I can certainly um, verify that for you. But I I'm, I'm, I'm think they do, but I'd have to double check. I suspect it will probably depend on the organization. I know uh, Doctors Without Borders works outside of Canada, but they're actually registered as a Canadian charity, so they will yeah. qualify. Yeah. Yeah. Are you referring to something like that, Nancy? Are you referring more to a U.S. charity? Oh, instance? a couple of – I donate to a couple of different places, but uh, so one is uh, – it's, it's a U.S. company, and um, they accept donations from all over the world. And then the other is um, in Mexico. So, so the one in the U.S. I pay in Canadian. I pay the equivalent of U.S. funds, you know, for whatever the donation is. And then, uh, and then I contribute to a, a food thing in Mexico that's paid here in Canada. It's in Canadian funds, but it supports people in Mexico. You get um, uh, receipts from them or donations? Yes, receipts? from both places. Yeah. Okay. Um, does it not mention that on the donation receipt? Because I, I would think it would say that it's you where you can you're able to file it. Yeah. No. Not that I. Not that I know. I just it's. I just did occur to me this year that. Um, okay. Because the other thing is too, as Leslie was saying, um, if if um, a donation receipt in Canada will have a number on it, a Canadian number that indicates that it's um, that that you can. Um, that's a Canadian. That it's a Canadian charity, or, or right? Um, like, like as she was mentioned, Leslie was mentioned, doctors um, beyond borders and stuff. Um, and there's other ones that are kind of universal. That yes, for sure. But you'd have to have that on. Um, you'd have to have that on the receipt. That right. number. It's a registered charity number. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it. I don't know if it was just that it was an American registered number. Or can you, but anyways, but it, I mean, it's a legitimate company, but I'll, I understand what you're saying. So I'll have a look at it and see what it says. Yeah. yeah churches and charitable organizations in the States, the IRS gives them a number that's a charitable mm -hmm. donation number. And if they send you a letter, many charitable organizations send you a letter or receipt, and it puts that number there so that you can... Um, 
can claim it. Yeah, yeah, but if it's an IRS number, it wouldn't be valid in Canada. It would have to be a, a Canadian registered number, oh, right? No. Those numbers are definitely IRS numbers from mm -hmm. most of the U.S. charities Just or churches. Just uh, I, I don't know for sure, but I, my, I thought that uh, only, only organizations that are registered in Canada as uh, charitable organizations can uh, can you use the tax receipts that unless the organization is registered in Canada, like um, Doctors Without Borders, for example, or Amnesty International, organizations that are international, but they also have a, re a registered charitable number in Canada, then yeah. those you can use. But I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not sure that donations... The only reason I, I, I say this is because I've had people in the opposite asking if they, they've made donations to our organization and can they use those for tax receipts in the U.S., which they, mm. which they can't. So I'm not sure that there's a mutual... I mean, I think that the... I think it's mutual that unless the organization is registered with CRA and has a charitable tax number from Canada, I don't think you can claim it. I'm not an expert. Could you explain a little a bit about the GSA? Periodically, the checks people get from the G, GSA taxes that I guess you get charged, the goods and services tax. GST. GST. You mean the refund, the refund that we get periodically? Yes. When you're low income, every three or four times a year, we get a tax that's giving us money back for having paid the, the GST. Megan, you're unmuted. Okay. GST um, um, rebate or whatever is not um, taxable. But the, the thing is, you, you get the rebate, as Chris said, four times a year, every quarter, you get so much. But it's only for people at a certain income or lower. Uh, it's not for everybody. Uh, higher income um, do not get a GST refund. So I, I, I got it. And I wonder, are they keeping tabs of every time, you know, every time you buy something, you get these those no. taxes. It's just no. based on a formula. <laughs> it's just universal. I mean, uh, uh Sort of to for people with lower income who basically are paying it out every time you buy something, um, they just are giving you back some of that. Um, so, uh, and as I say, it's for higher income people, you don't get that refund. So it's only uh, under a certain level of income. Uh, could you explain when people get paid an honoraria, do, do they have to report it? Do they also get a T4 or? What happens with the no, accounting for people that were paid by honoraria? A T4 is issued if for work only, um, paid work, where they take deductions off, like uh, CPP and EI and taxes. Uh, T4A is for other things like pensions and so on. An honorarium, um, usually an honorarium, if it's under $500, wouldn't, ne wouldn't necessarily have um, be you wouldn't be getting any paperwork, and therefore you wouldn't necessarily have to claim it. Uh, however, if it if they do send you uh, a paper, a T4A or whatever, then you would have to claim it. Okay. Does anyone else have any questions, Leslie? 
Yeah, so um, we do have uh, self-employed income uh, through uh, it's a business holdover from when my husband was working. And um, we actually claim a percentage of our living space expenses, so a percentage of our utilities as a business expense, um, computers, you know, that kind of thing, um, post office expenses. But uh, I guess that really wouldn't apply to the 411 service because you don't do self-employed, do you? No, we don't. But um, just so that you know, this year too, you have to you have to check it because there's a different way they're going to be handling it because of COVID. Um, mm-hmm. For 2020, I mean, uh, income in 2020, um, because a lot of people basically were working from home and stuff. So mm-hmm. they've made some different kind of flat figures and so on. So you'd have to look at it. Um, this mm-hmm. year, uh, it'll be different than previous years. Now, if you take it to um, your taxes are done by uh, an accounting firm or H&R Block or, or simply tax wealth, um, they would know what the ruling is and be able to help you with that. But definitely, or you can go online and look for it. Yeah, we just use the TurboTax online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so does that mean that more people will be getting that uh, will be allowed to take that deduction because more people I, working at home. I, let's put it this way: I think um, people would be um, more people would be allowed to take it. I I believe, but it would be a limited amount. So, mm-hmm. for instance, there's someone who's always taken it. You might be taking less than you normally, or you have mm-hmm. to claim maybe less than normal. Um, but it 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 depends. Yeah, it's something, it works out about 10% of the total because they figure that the the square footage that you use actually an office is a percentage of your total residence. And then for things like cable vision, uh, not cable, or sort of uh, internet, right? I, I claim 50% of that for the business Yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah, mm. yeah, and then they're, and they've also really clapped down in the past anyways on on space because space mm-hmm. is basically it should be a separate room that is called your office mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh so it can't be part of uh, a room that's used for something else i.e your living room or your bedroom mm-hmm. or whatever and this is where um, i am right now this is my office ah <laughs> uh, yes 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 <laughs> um and they and so there's there's that um yeah there's there's a lot of different rules for um if you're self-employed and for if, if you're doing that or you're doing contract work, whatever, it's always good to sort of talk to someone in advance before mm-hmm. um, really getting into it, because that person can tell you what you need to collect or, or say, paperwork wise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you have an idea, because if you if after the fact, you say, oh, I wish I had have known that and I would have kept my receipts from my office supplies. And I for, I didn't. Um, so that's why it's good to, you know, when in doubt, keep it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, and then you've got it and you can always ask someone after and they can tell you, no, that's not going to work or that will. Uh, the thing is, if you use gas too, basically um, on whatever kind of part-time work you're doing or work um, and you're paying, uh, you can, that can be an expense, but you have to do a mileage chart, which means you have to keep it at all times in your car. And when you're working on that business thing, for instance, say you're delivering pizza or whatever, um, you, you have to clock it. Um, so they they have a, a mileage because they may they may ask for it and they only allow you to charge so much per mile. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and another thing I've started doing, I teach ESL online, and generally I teach students overseas. But this year I've picked up some local clients. Um, so how do I handle that with the GST? Well, okay. So what are you you doing? You're you're you're, you're coaching them on online or yeah. yeah, yeah. So so you charge them for a service for your well, service. Yeah, exactly. Okay. The thing is, if you're if you're charging for a service um, through GST, if you charge if you earning more than thirty thousand, that's gross income from that service, you have to start charging GST. Oh, okay. If you earn under thirty thousand, you don't have to charge GST. Now, the thing is, if you're going to get close to GST to thirty thousand, then you need to apply for a GST number mm. uh, through the government. But just so you know, once you've applied for it and they've given you the number, no matter what your income is from that point on, so uh, say it drops to twenty-five thousand, you still have to claim. Uh, you still have to pay GST. Yeah, we do have a GST number for the other business, uh, which is actually not one that we charge GST for. Um, it's basically it's um, it's a hotel business that we have a share in. Um, so we already have the number. So I guess I should be charging GST to my Canadian clients, right? Well, is this a self-employed? Um, it, it, the uh, hotel is it? It's an incorporated company or a limited company, or? Oh well, it's a bit complicated. But what happens is the expenses that we have in connection with the hotel, we claim the GST back. The hotel oh. themselves actually charges GST to the clients, so we don't have anything to do with the charging GST part of it. Oh, I see. Okay, all mm-hmm. right. Okay, so they're, they're filed as the same thing. When you file, you file your expenses for the hotel at the same mm-hmm. time as you're filing your income from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then if it's under the same umbrella, yes, you do have to charge GST. Okay. Mm. Okay. Good. Thank you. Can you recommend a way, a simple way for people to keep up with their expenses monthly? Um, well, you know, one of the ways um, I do it, actually, <laughs> to be honest with you, is the simplest way, is uh, if you have an Excel uh, program uh, on your computer, uh, to do an Excel spreadsheet. Um, that's the simplest way because you can set it up in columns per month if you want, uh, and again, by expenses, and then you can keep, it's like keeping track of your budget, right? You know exactly how much money you're spending each month or how much money you need each month. So um, Excel spreadsheet's great. If, if you don't have a computer or you're not, you don't have Excel, um, what you can do is get a column or pad book, um, which is the old-fashioned way of doing it, but it's a book with columns in it, uh, lines and columns. Um, you can get uh, any place they sell, sell school supplies. And again, you can set it up the same way as you would a spreadsheet on Excel with your expenses listed month by month. Um, and you can track it that way. That's the best way to do it. Um, if you're um, not somebody who wants to do it on, on a monthly basis, although I highly recommend it because it gives you a better idea where you're at, the same with a budget, um, maybe put it, again, uh, set up on, an envelope. For each month and have a series of envelopes and shove all your receipts in that envelope uh, dated January and so you have one for each month now by the end of the year you're going to have to have them all together so if you have them on a spreadsheet it's a lot easier 
than, than going through the envelopes. Something my mother used to do, these duotang folders, <laughs> she had a folder for every month. And on one, the left pocket, she put uh, bills, and in the right pocket, she put expenses and receipts. And I've used it. I, I hate Excel. I know how to do Excel, but I hate looking at squares and boxes on a, <laughs> on a screen. Plus, I forget. But I found, because I used to make my children add my receipts up, and they gave me even more and more ways, efficient ways to keep the receipts. Mom, why don't you just put all, you know, add? can't you add them in advance or put them in categories? But this is fairly simple because a lot of people were used to having those, uh, you know, double pocket folders from school. And it's not electric. If the electricity is off, <laughs> the computer is not working, you still have them. So I found that that was a good way. It's it's helping me now to reestablish it because I was trying to use some of the uh, computer-based systems. And I'm so, like a lot of people, I'm so sick of having to use my computer. I want to throw it out one of the windows. So this, yes. <laughs> you can carry them <laughs> and periodically no. you can add the stuff up. <laughs> I totally agree with you, Charlotte. And you know what? If you get colorful ones like you've got there, that blue one or whatever, um, and you you know you you've got them, and you can see that they're there. They're not going to blend in and beige folders or whatever. So whatever it does to make you sort of um, spark. Obviously, your mom was onto this. She she knew how to uh, organize it, and that's that's the best way actually to um if you if you come up with a system for yourself and i i know the computer one excels not everybody's um idea especially now because we're on computers all the time but if you get yourself a series of folders you can go to dollarama or whatever they're next yes. to nothing to buy them <laughs> and you can get it any color you want or many colors so you have a different color for each month if you want it and it, it helps if you ever are audited. You know, I, I got audited once and, and I had all my folders and the guy said, you know, having those folders, it does document to a person. Sometimes they question, but seeing those folders, I'm not going to challenge you on most of the things that you have because you have a system. You know, if they can see you have a system and you have a lot of, uh, you know, things that you are claiming or documenting, these folders can save you time and money. Oh, yeah. 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 I think that's and the other thing is if you keep them in file folders like that too, if you have to, you know, something happened with your glasses, for instance, or whatever, and you know you paid for them in January, um, and so you go back to your January file and pull out your receipt, and there, there's your receipt for your glasses. So at least you've kept them in a in some kind of order that you can find them, uh, find something your receipt afterwards. So that helps. Yeah, and it helps at some point, one of our family members or somebody will be handling our affairs. And it definitely, mm -hmm. if you have a system and you have stuff people can find, it really, you know, helps. One of the things I, I can say, too, on that, Charlotte, and I think that that was key. One of the things I realized from doing volunteering at the INR um, is that people really didn't have a clue when someone died, sometimes even their, their spouse, uh, on where the paperwork was or where something important was. And um, that was, um, that's a real problem because if the spouse doesn't know where you bank, <laughs> um, that causes a problem for, for everybody, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's a really good idea to keep your partner alert of whatever, make sure that you know each of you where the money is where 
everything is and and whatever being fully uh, aware and informed on each other and also the same with uh drafting a, a will a will can be a simple draft and handwritten and have a, a someone sign it um that witnesses it it's a friend or whatever but at least you have something in writing that you can produce if you um uh, your your spouse dies and that says yes i was the spouse of such and and it, it's it's really important, even even if you have no money. It's very important because again, you don't want to, your benefits to stop because your spouse has died. Because you need them even more than ever. Then, you know, good thing that the four one one center invited people from the memorial center. I don't know whether you all know about the it's the Canadian Memorial Center, and for ten dollars you can have a membership in this society, and they send they they send you a package called Ready to Go. <laughs> And it's like, when you're ready to go away from here, uh, it's got folders for different things, like letting your life insurance policy and a place to remind you to make people your beneficiary. Because with your Canada pension plan, if you don't note who the beneficiaries are, then people go through a real hardship trying to document I mean, just trying to get this pot of money that they have that they are entitled to give to a child or whoever might have been uh, listed as their power of attorney. So it's really good from the uh, Canadian Memorial Society to get their ready-to-go kit. It's just their membership kit, but when you pay $10 for their membership kit, they send you that little folder. I thought it was going to be a package. <laughs> it's it's almost like a dual tank folder, but it's got, you know, pockets for these different things that are really important to have. That's good information. That's great. Yeah, when we were, maybe we'll invite them to do a Zoom because the 411 Center, one of the things they had in the course of the year, the people came and they, they did a workshop and then they let people ask questions. So we'll be a virtual workshop. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, that would be good, I think. Yeah. Um, Neil is our, well, three of us do, do poetry here, but Neil has got a poem about money that he is going to share with us. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I've, uh, I, this is about money, but it's also about our humanity. It's called It's Only a Dollar. He tossed the words out as he passed me by. It took a millisecond to cross the space between us as if he had thrown them at me. He tossed the words out draped in disdain as if he was throwing something away along with the words, It's Only a Dollar. The meta message and the body language conveyed his scorn for such lowly money. He had a job, he was young and healthy, and contempt for the unimportant. I had just passed two beggars sitting on the sidewalk around the corner on 6th Street, one with a hat on the sidewalk asking for spare change. The speaker may have noticed the beggars, or may not have, but he needed to look at the beggar man who was offering his passerby a gift. It was, uh, I'm sorry, he, he was offering the opportunity to feel compassion 
not by giving him or her money, but the opportunity to recognize the humanity in the beggar man. He or she had been loved by somebody, somebody's child, somebody's lover, somebody's parent, who had been defeated in some way, some when, somehow. They are not broken people, but have taken on the role of a beggar offering a gift, an opportunity to experience compassion for the wounds that we all carry and to have compassion for our own humanity. Let's not pretend we wish it were not so, but we all need compassion for the wounds that we carry. For to be human is to have been hurt some way, somewhen, somehow. The beggar needs to be thanks for taking on this difficult role in this lifetime, thereby giving us the opportunity to learn compassion for ourselves. And after all, that's a bargain, because it's only a dollar. Wow. That's very good. Thank you. This is one of my yeah. favorites. I've always liked that poem, Neil. Thank you. I can see you there, you. and Thank I can see that person with the disdain, the difference in the humanity. It's really... Okay. This is actually actually how it happened. This is exactly uh, 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 on 6th Street and, and one of the other streets in downtown New West right beside the Tim Hortons. Wow. Well, thank you all of you for coming in today and for sharing your money thoughts, money questions. Maggie, for giving us that rich information. Yes, thank you so much, Maggie. That was really good. Thank, thank you for, for having me. It's been delightful listening to all of you and being involved. Um, and, and just one thing to um, reiterate the tax clinic at 411 at 333 terminal avenue starts march 1st and runs from 10 to 2 monday through friday uh until the end of april uh april 29th being the last day um very good idea to make it phone and make an appointment if you can first up um that, that helps especially if your questions Yes, because they have served as much as two, many as 2,000 people. There'll probably be more now. So would you say that number again? People can begin calling now to make an appointment. Yes, the phone number is 604-684-8171. Hey, and uh, anybody who wants to can wish me happy birthday because I'm 81 years old on <laughs> happy Tuesday. Birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. And many more. And many more. I like the many more part. Oh, that's great. That's what happens. Sometimes Joel is on and we've had Jane and, you know, when, they have people, techie people, who are able to have everybody record, and then it all blends together. But this is without any technology. Our heartfelt song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful.
Thank you all. Take good care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, thanks, everybody. Bye-bye now. <laughs>